And welcome into this edition of Gator Bites on the 1010XL.com podcast network. Also being simulcast on the Florida Gator 1010XL Facebook page. Today's Gator podcast is brought to you by Southeast Orthopedic Specialist. They're Northeast Florida's leading orthopedic center, providing an unparalleled level of care across numerous locations in both Jacksonville and St. Augustine. That includes Riverside, Northside, the Southside, the Beaches, Fleming Island, and St. John's. He is Denny Thompson. I'm the hacker, Ryan Green. The Florida Gator basketball season came to an end on Sunday, losing to 15-seed Oral Roberts. Denny, there's a lot of branches that we can talk about from that game and the fallout, but the actual game itself, what was your takeaways on the final Gator basketball game of the season? It's like every other Gator game I've watched this year. It was, you feel good for a little while, and then it's like, are we going to score again? And then it's, you're screaming at the TV, what are you doing? It, it's a frustrating brand of basketball. Like, I, it's, it's, almost, it's almost punishment to watch it <laughs> at this point. Like, yeah. my, my son and I have a, uh, two sons, my 10-year-old and I, we're just sitting there watching it, and you just felt that it was coming and it was like, uh, okay, we started flipping back and forth. Which, by the way, college basketball right now is horrible. It's bad. It's a bad product. Yeah. It really is. I mean, I don't remember what the other game was. I think it was like Rutgers or and Houston maybe. Rutgers, or, and Rutgers blew that game. And that was like the ugliest game I've ever seen. So it was like switching from one to the other. But, I mean, listen, all the talk is, is on um, is on Mike White as it should be. And I know we're going to get there. But just, just not any fun to watch. All right, so Mike White, and boy, we've had some knockdown dragouts on XL Primetime this week. It's amazing to me, well, I shouldn't say that, what really amazes us anymore in sports. It's interesting to me how there's no real gray area. People are very pro-Mike White or very anti-Mike White. And, And my thought on Mike White is this, and I looked at it in totality. This is not about losing to Oral Roberts. This is about what's gone on in six years of Mike White as a basketball coach at Florida. You know, we joke around, Denny, about the five-minute droughts. Mm -hmm. They're going to go five minutes at some point without scoring. I went back and I looked at four games that were big games in the Mike White tenure. One was a win, the Chioza buzzer beater, which actually today, Wednesday the 24th, is the anniversary of that. Uh, when Chris Chioza hit that shot. You amaze me, dude. Well, it, it, it is the anniversary. In your head, there's an anniversary for everything. You're, you're, Florida wow. made a field goal with six minutes and 12 seconds to go in the second half of that game against uh-huh. Wisconsin. Their next field goal was 49 seconds to go in overtime. They went 10 minutes in the Chris Chioza buzzer beater game without scoring a field goal, and Chioza saved him at the buzzer. Their loss to Michigan in the NCAA tournament a few years ago. They went six minutes in the second half without scoring. Their loss to Texas Tech in the tournament a couple of years ago. They had five field goals in the last 12 minutes of the game. And finally, Denny, this past Sunday against Oral Roberts, three field goals in the final 10 minutes. Over and over and over, they don't score in crunch time, and it's cost them in the NCAA tournament year after year after year. I mean, I think this is one of those debates that you could easily or I could easily play both sides on. But I think when you really get down to it, it comes down to what do you expect Florida basketball to be in totality? And, and like, where do you put them? 
I think that Florida basketball absolutely should be one of the top 16 programs in the country. I don't think they should be part of the elite club, but they should be one of the top 16. And they're not. And they're not even close. If, if we're being honest, they're, they're probably in that 35 to 50 range in college basketball, right? But at the same time, he's Mike White's still fairly young. It's in-game mistakes being made. Can he come out of this? Can he Leonard Hamilton? Can he continue to be a decent recruiter? Can he learn how to develop better? Can he learn how to in-game coach? And do we have the patience for that? Like th- I think those are the answers re- rather than saying, should he be fired or should he be kept? Like I don't know. I-, I don't think that Florida is a premier basketball power. I believe that they've got a 50% chance of getting somebody better than Mike White and a 50% chance of getting Mike White again. I look at I put everything in football perspective, and I look in, at a football perspective of Tennessee. Right? Yeah, they got rid of Fulmer because of what they thought the program should be, and it's still costing them. But there's also a lot of examples of people who held on too long, and when they finally made the move, it paid off. The other thing I look at is coaching is a feel. It is an in-game feel. You've got strategy. You've got all that kind of stuff. But in the game, you've got to feel something that leads you in a direction. And when everybody sitting on the couch can feel every time that you're walking the ball up the court and every time that you're trying to go deep in the shot clock, it screws you, you should be able to feel that. And you should immediately be able to hit eject, especially when you have your best player with a hot hand coming out of halftime. Let me ask you this. you think Mike White's a good recruiter? Yeah, yeah, I do. I, I, I mean, he gets the guys that everybody wants. Okay, I, and look, uh, that I think he has recruited some good players. He has not had anybody drafted in six years. I don't think he's a good developer. Well, and, and uh, okay, now that's that's interesting. But you look at you mentioned Leonard Hamilton. Mm-hmm. Think about the Florida State guys that have been drafted into the NBA in the last six years. Florida has had zero. Now, Trey Mann just declared this morning, we'll get to that in a moment, he will be the first guy under Mike White at Florida to be drafted into the NBA. To me, that's that's indicting. You mentioned Florida State as well. Florida State, your in-state rival, has not just beat you in every game that Mike White has been at Florida versus the Knowles. They have crushed you in every game Mike White has been at Florida Versus the Knowles. Well, Florida State has dominated that series. Can we be honest about something? When I talk about Mike White and Leonard Hamilton, I'm talking about Leonard Hamilton 10 years ago, seven years ago, when everybody wanted him gone, right? And Florida State, I don't know if it was dumb luck or they saw something. They kept with the guy, and now the guy's arguably one of the best coaches in the country. He's going to go to the Hall of Fame. I mean, the guy's got I mean, 380 some odd wins. And was one of the three favorites to win the NCAA tournament last year if it wasn't for COVID. So, I, I mean, that's when I talk about Mike White and compare those two. I'm talking about Leonard Hamilton of 2014, 13, 12. I'm not talking about Leonard Hamilton right now. My point being, if you keep Mike White, does he become that? I am on, I believe in excellence. I believe if you are a university who prides yourself on sports and you get a ton of revenue from sports and you have the support that Florida has, I believe you don't wait on that. I believe that after six years, you got to look at this and go, are we better off with or without? And then it becomes the AD's job, right? Then it becomes the AD next year if it's with that. If he says that we're better off with and they still stink, then we got to start talking about the AD because it's not Mike White's fault anymore. He's laid groundwork that gave you 
a reason to make a change and you've chosen not to make the change. Well, and the one thing, too, it's really two things. Whenever Florida experiences a loss like the one to Oral Roberts or to Texas Tech or Michigan in years past in the NCAA tournament, you always hear two things. And it's like a coping mechanism for Gator fans. Mike White, they'll always say, is not Billy Donovan. And then Florida, all of a sudden, is not a basketball school. And that's how Gator fans cope with losing in the NCAA tournament. Here's my response to both of those. I don't need Mike White to be Billy Donovan. I don't think Mike White will ever be Billy Donovan. In fact, I don't think there will ever be another Billy Donovan at the University of Florida. That's why Billy Donovan's name is on that court, and those banners are hanging in the rafters in Gainesville. But what I need, Denny, is I need Mike White to be better than Mike White, Yes, if that makes sense. Don't try to be Billy, but you should be better than Mike White and what we're getting right now. Can we agree to stop with the comparison of Billy Donovan's first five years and Mike White's first five years? That is such an apples and oranges argument, and it's, it's lazy. It's just lazy. I mean, the program that Mike White walked into was a million times better than the program that Billy Donovan walked into. And Billy went Sweet 16 National Championship game. That roster, Donnell Harvey, Matt Bonner, Mike Miller, Udonis Haslam, all guys that went to the league. Yeah. Do not compare the recruiting efforts of Billy Donovan to Mike White. It's it's night and day. But you want to know something? I don't even care enough to get mad. Well, like That's the reality. Like, I, I turned the game off. Fell asleep. If it was a football game, like the LSU game. I go back to the LSU game. Heated, bro. Like, now the next day I was fine. Heated. I don't care enough about Florida basketball to get that mad. See, well, here, I, I, well, I guess I do to an extent, and that's why I wanted to bring this up. And the second thing, along with Mike White's not Billy Donovan, right, is Florida's not a basketball school. That's how Gator fans cope with losing in the tournament. Here's my response to that. If you win multiple national championships – does that necessarily mean that you're a basketball school? Eh, no, but it means you're pretty darn good at basketball. And how this narrative all of a sudden is to be satisfied with getting to the tournament, winning a game, and then losing in the round of 32, that drives me nuts. I mean, how many programs that have won two national titles in college basketball, two or more, say in the last 50 years, are satisfied on a year-in, year-out basis winning a game in the tournament and losing in the round of 32. Florida is on a list, whether it's fair or not, they're on a list. Multiple national championships. Kentucky, Duke, North Carolina, Kansas. UConn. UConn. They are on a list of multiple national championship winners. All of those schools aren't satisfied with getting to the round of 32 and losing. Why should Florida be? Yeah, I hear what you're saying. I I think for me, and I think a lot of people – are in the same boat with me. To call it a basketball school or not a basketball school or whatever is a personal preference because the reality is is I'm a busy guy, and if you don't put a product out, then I'm going to be apathetic about it and I'm not going to watch it Yeah, unless it's football, right? So for me, it maybe not as a basketball, football school. I'm a football guy. Does that make sense? Sure does. So, I I mean, if if that's the product you're going to put out, then I'm going to watch two or three games a year. I'm not going to go to any. I, I, it's not. It's not going to happen. I'm not like. I'm not going to make appointment viewing with my ten year old to teach him how to lose basketball games. It's not what I'm going to do. Today's Gator Podcast is brought to you by Southeast Orthopedic Specialist for the highest quality care. You can rely on Southeast Orthopedic Specialist for any orthopedic injury or concern. You can log on to their website by going to se-ortho.com and you can listen 
for Southeast Orthopedic Specialist, the good Dr. Kevin Murphy, on Thursday mornings in the 7 o'clock hour with Jeff and Dan right here on 1010XL for his weekly analysis of injuries in sports. As of this morning, uh, Wednesday morning, Trey Mann announces he is going to the NBA. Trey Mann's a great story. He uh, he will be drafted. He's I think uh, there's some websites have him in the top 15 or top 20 of the NBA mock drafts that are already out. So he's going to go into the league as a draft pick. Trey Mann vastly improved his game from year one to year two. One of the biggest improvements, Denny, that maybe we've seen at Florida in quite some time. So I will give Mike White credit for that. I'm going to bash him for something here in a second. But as far as Trey Mann goes, terrific, terrific improvement year one to year two. Yeah, I think he's going to have a good NBA career. I think it's a good move for him to get out. Um, I mean, he's got the range. He obviously has the range. He's shown that over and over again. Um, He's kind of got the style of play that the NBA likes. So, yeah, I mean, improvement, maturity, whatever you want to call it, uh, he is an NBA player. Now, as much as Trey Mann improved year one to year two, the regression of Scotty Lewis is unbelievable. Scotty Lewis, from his freshman to sophomore year, did the exact opposite that Trey Mann did. Trey Mann got vastly better. Scotty Lewis doesn't even look like the same player from a freshman to how he ended as a sophomore. He had a couple nice games here and there, but if you take what Scotty Lewis did as a whole, yikes. So as much credit as I want to give Mike White, for developing Trey Mann, Scotty Lewis has clearly regressed. That almost cancels each other out. Yeah, I you know, this is a whole other podcast to talk about development. Like most people talk about development, they really can't define what that means in sports terms. On a very simple level, development is a personal thing that as a coach or in my situation, a trainer, you have to invest in each individual person differently. There's an overall developmental scope, but then each person develops differently. There is no, you know, one tried and true blueprint to develop every single person. Um, some guys, you call it development. Some guys, you call it maturity, mm-hmm. right? It, it just, it kind of depends. But as a whole, as a team is what coaches are great upon as the team's development. Uh, I, that's That hasn't been good. No, no, and, that, and that's been an understatement. Now, the the one thing too that, I, and as our, we wrap up the basketball conversation, it's the longest we've ever spent on basketball. I'm well, very uncomfortable. That's what happens when you lose to Oral Roberts and get eliminated in the NCAA tournament when you have three field goals in the final ten minutes <laughs> of the game where you lose to Oral Roberts. Do we By have to way, talk about basketball anymore the rest of the year after this? Probably not. Okay, good. Go By ahead. the way, I didn't even know where Oral Roberts was. You know what state they're in? Uh, they are in Oklahoma. Yeah, I had no idea. Yeah. Till uh, Sunday when they beat mm-hmm. Florida and eliminated the Gators from the NCAA tournament. Uh, the one thing I will give Mike White credit for as well, sitting Omar Payne down. We talked about this last week. What Omar Payne did was inexcusable. That elbow to Fulkerson. And, and if you're a Gator fan, I don't, I don't want to play like that. I don't want to win like that. And so I do commend Mike White in that respect to make Omar Payne pay for what he did because I thought that was an absolute dirty cheap shot that has no place in the game. Okay. You disagree? Yeah, you should play. He elbowed the guy in the face. Handle it handle it the way you want to handle it off the court. He's there to play basketball. Right. He's got a team. He's got a to... team counting on him. He's got a fan like yeah, I mean, we're not talking about 8-year-olds. We're 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 talking about 20-year-olds like I mean, handle it however you want to handle it, but 
And, and I'm, listen, he handled it, so fine. That's how he wanted to handle it. That's what he did. I just disagree with the method. Right, but I mean, so you, you're you okay with, with dirty, cheap shot type play? No, not if it goes over and over and over again. Does he have a history of it? I mean, what he did to Fulkerson to me was pretty So he doesn't great. have a history of it. I, I don't know. So that's what I'm saying. Know. Like, run the tar out of him. Do whatever you want to do. Make him, like, I don't know. What, what, however you want to handle it, this is how he chose to handle it. I wouldn't have handled it the same. I mean, I'm for- and I'm curious if you would have thought the same thing if Kyle Pitts would have done something dirty, and Mullen would have sat Kyle Pitts and lost the game. Well, no, I mean, I, I don't know. I haven't been put in that position. You know what I mean, though. Normally, you know, good players don't resort to cheap shots like that. Oh, so I don't know. Oh, I don't know about that. I mean, hack. What Brandon Brandon <laughs> Spikes, I guess, poking No. Sean Marino in the eye. There was that one. Um. I mean, look, as much as Gator fans yelled about Darnell Dockett 20 years ago and what he did to Ernest Graham, uh-huh. if you wanted Darnell Dockett to sit down and p- be penalized and all that, then you had to want Omar Payne to have the same Yeah, I, I just, I, again, I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying I would have handled it differently. Well, all right. I'm just, I had to get that off my chest because, again, I thought that was awful what Omar Payne did. Speaking of football, as we wrap up basketball after the Gators lose to Oral Roberts, to get eliminated from the NCAA tournament. Spring football, uh, wrapping things up. Florida, it's done. Yeah, just, yeah, it's done. Yeah, Florida yep. was one of the first Power Fives to do spring. They had their final uh, in-stadium scrimmage. Based on what you've heard, you've trained Anthony Richardson. Obviously, Denny was six points quarterback training. He knows a, a lot of guys in college ball, including Anthony Richardson, who he's trained for a few years now. What's your overall takeaway from what the Gators were able to accomplish this spring? I mean, you haven't heard a whole lot. Um, I think, you know, from an offensive perspective, it's finding out what you have um, with Emory and Anthony. Um, and then from there, you know, where where you're at with the receivers. That's the one positive thing that I did here coming out of spring over and over and over is there's a ton of depth at receiver that they're very comfortable with what they have at the receiver position. Um, but I think more than anything, it was getting used to the new coaches, trying to set a new standard defensively of this is what we do, right? That's the thing is when you don't line up correctly, then you don't understand what you're trying to accomplish. You don't understand – if you understand what it looks like post-snap, you can get lined up pre-snap. If you understand your responsibilities, then you know where to line up. Does that make sense? Yeah. So I think – if I was Dan Mullen, Todd Grantham, that's where I probably would want to spend most of my time. And I like that they did it. They hit it as soon as they could while everything was still fresh. But there's a lot of talent on that team. It's going to be fun to see this team, the personality of what this team is. You talk about losing Kyle Pitts, it's a huge loss. The reality is you got two or three tight ends that are pretty damn good. You talk about losing these receivers, they're huge losses. The reality is you got a couple guys that are pretty damn good. You're good in the backfield. How are you up front, front five, and how does the quarterback play evolve? So I'm interested to hear more and more about that. I'll be working with Anthony and, and Carlos uh, here shortly. Um, and so I'll, you know we'll, we'll kind of figure out what the next step for them is. Anthony Richardson and Carlos Del Rio. Today's Gator Podcast is brought to you by Southeast Orthopedic Specialist, the Northeast Florida's leading orthopedic center, providing an unparalleled level of care across numerous locations in both Jacksonville and St. Augustine. That includes Riverside, Northside, Southside, the Beaches, Fleming Island, and St. John's. Real quick on the Kyle Pitts, Kadarius Tony front. 
We'll talk more about these guys as the draft approaches. Kyle Pitts ran on video a 446 during one of his training sessions. That's crazy, right? A 446 for a guy that's that big. I, I mean, can you find a flaw in Kyle Pitts' game? Because a lot of the scouts we have on 1010XL, a lot of the mock draft experts we have on 1010XL, they can't find a flaw in Kyle Pitts' game. I can find a flaw if you tell me the system he's in, but obviously you're not going to draft him with that wrong system. If you're asking a Kyle Pitts to be a true blocker, then that's going to be a flaw. Um, but I so think, you don't think he's Travis Kelsey, Rob Gronkowski. He's, he's not different. right now. Not right now. He could be. Travis Kelsey wasn't Travis Kelsey when he came in. Yeah. You know, so I, I, I think he probably could be. I absolutely think he is. I think there's a couple can't miss guys in this draft. You go back. James and I were talking about this on the sports den. You go back over the last couple drafts, two pop in mind. Quentin Nelson can't miss. We all said it. Everybody's like, wow, this dude's amazing. Devin White. Those are the two. You never pick a quarterback because all the quarterbacks can miss. Uh, this year, I think Panay Sewell, can't miss guy. I would be close to putting Kyle Pitts into that. Mm-hmm. Same thing is, is he that guy that you draft and he's just such a unique talent? I don't believe the four four six. by the way. I don't, if that's true, then you need to draft him at two. Right. Like if, that, if that's true and you can confirm that, but have you guys noticed how good the NFL times are, the – the, the times are this year. When you're not have at you noticed, the combine. Have you yeah. noticed how magically everybody's jumping 42 and a half inches now? Well, look, you guys, uh, you, you get ready for combines with yeah, guys. Yeah. I mean, are you guys a little friendly to your own guys? No, there's the... different type of lasers. Okay. So there's the laser that when my thumb moves, it starts. That's what the NFL combine uses. So it's like a thing to where your thumb comes off last. There's a laser that has a human element. That's what's being used in a lot of these. Of When they move, you push the button. Well, you get that right? That extra little tenth of a second or whatever it is. I think that has something to do with it. But I don't believe that Justin Fields went four four one. I don't believe that Kyle Pitts went four four six. I don't believe that Mac Jones went four six five. Right? I think there's a little bit of that. But regardless and of you, all of and that you train Mac Jones. Right. Regardless of all of that, the dude is an insane talent that if the Jags, since we're here in Jacksonville, traded their Second first round pick, their first second round pick, and a pick for next year to move up and get him. I'd be could I'd be cool with. You would be good with absolutely. That. All right, now uh, we'll do more of this next week as as we put the finishing touches this week as far as Kadarius Tony goes. Take Jamar Chase, Jalen Waddle, Devonta Smith. Mm-hmm. Those are the consensus top three wide receivers. So take them off the board. Obviously, those guys may go in the top ten, top fifteen. If those three guys are not in the conversation, is Tony the best receiver other than those three in the draft? I think, again, it depends what you need in the receiver. Because we've had a conversation, Kadarius Tony versus Rondell Moore versus Elijah Moore versus Terrence Marshall. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's really what you're looking for. I mean, obviously, I think Rondell Moore and Kadarius Tony are very similar guys. But, yeah, I mean, to answer your question on a basic level, yeah, I think he is. I I think he's got the best film. Kadarius Tony or Rondell Moore from Purdue? Kadarius. You do. Uh, yeah, I think Rondo Moore's probably a little more explosive, but Kadarius Tony just because of the level he's done it at um, and how he showed up in big games. Mm-hmm. In the games that Florida needed him, he had nine catches, you know, eight catches, 11 catches. Every time they threw him the ball, he had, what, two drops on the year? He was amazing. Yeah, so, I mean, I think I would go with that just because they are similar, but what I've seen Kadarius Tony do in the SEC. And Kadarius Tony is continuing to rise up these mock draft boards. In fact, I saw yesterday – 
There was one that had him going 22nd, but that would be to the Tennessee Titans. So I would yeah. not be a big fan of that. Have Derrick Henry and Kadarius Toney on the Titans. That would be a little uh, a little rough. I could see top 20 for him, though. I think there's going to be a massive run on receivers early. Uh, I, I, I think you're going to see – I mean that first round could be littered with quarterbacks and receivers. Not that we're a Jaguar podcast, but let me let me sprinkle in a, a Gator element. If Kadarius Tony is there at twenty five, based on everything the Jaguars did in free agency, would you consider that? Uh, probably not. Okay. Yeah, probably not. Probably not for the Jags, but um, why? Is I wouldn't that? be mad. I, I well, I mean, I don't know what they're trying to do. Well, I mean, right? I mean, people say Urban, Bevel, Urban wants a Percy Harvin type guy. Well, Which Kadarius Tony's not that. He's not that. No, he's not. He's not Percy Harvin. He's not. I Percy Harvin. Percy Harvin was so unique because you got to remember Percy Harvin was two hundred something pounds. Yeah. Percy Harvin was over six foot. What's Kadarius Tony? Percy, I don't know. Like One ninety. But I've been around Percy. Percy is a huge human being. Like very other than you know the 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 soft tissue stuff, durable upper body, strong lower body. You could play multiple positions. I think he was more, and he was more of a straight line speed. I'm not sure what Kadarius Tony's going to run straight line. I just know what he's going to do shifty side to side. So if you need that quick slot guy in third down, if that's what he's looking for, if you need somebody to stab outside, come inside and pick up seven, then yeah, 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 I could see that. If that's if that's the next step in your offense, then yeah, I could see that. I mean, I, I, there's other teams that I look at, like Kansas City with him mm-hmm. would be nasty. Tampa Bay with him would be nasty. The Saints, what they like to do with him, would be unbelievable with guys like him. Would be unbelievable. We just haven't seen Jacksonville utilize guys like that. Yeah, it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting. But again, I don't think Kadarius Tony is going to get out of the first round. There are too many people that believe he will go somewhere in the top 32 of the draft. That is Denny Thompson. You get him every night on the sports stand alongside big game James Coleman. Moved up a little bit this week. You guys are six to eight. Sure, I don't know. I just <laughs> I show up. Well, well, and it's a great program. By seven the way. to nine tonight, I think, and six to eight Thursday, Friday, and then we're back to eight and ten. It's a moving target. It is a moving target, but you can always get him, and you always get James Coleman. You get me middays on XL Primetime with Joe Cower, Matt Hayes, and former Jaguar Leon Searcy. Back next week, pro day next week for the Florida Gators. I believe it's next Wednesday. As a matter of fact, so we'll be able to talk pro day and get you ready for the NFL draft, a Florida Gator version. That's next week on Gator Bites. Thank you for watching and listening here on 1010XL.com and on the Florida Gator 1010XL Facebook page.